السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين خالق السماوات والأرض وما بينهما القائل في كتابه مخاطبا نبيه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ثم جعلناك على شريعة من الأمر فاتبعها ولا تتبع أهواء الذين لا يعلمون والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين محمد بن عبد الله القائل فيما روي عنه إقامة حد من حدود الله خير من مطر أربعين ليلة All praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the one who created heavens the heavens and the earth and whatever between them the one who addressed the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling him in the Qur'an, and indeed, we gave you a way of life. Follow it. Follow it. And don't follow the desires and the whims and the ideas and the ways of life of the ones who do not know. And all praise to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wa salam, the one who was narrated that what he said, إقامة حد من حدود الله خير من مطر أربعين ليلة Establishing a had A rule from the rules of Allah سبحانه وتعالى Is better than having rain for 40 nights رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العضة من لساني يفقه قولي So dear brothers and sisters This talk today is about the sharia Is it backwardness or a way forward? Is it a way to take us backward or a way forward for humanity. Let me start with some common statements that you might have heard. In 2016, after an attack in France, the former House Speaker, uh, Newt Gingrich, in the US here, issued a call for the American Muslims to be tested and deported if they believe in Sharia if they believe in Sharia law. So this is the House Speaker in 2016. And he continued to say, Western civilization is in a war. And this is in Fox News with uh, Sean Hannity. Saying also, Sharia is incompatible with Western civilization. So this is in 2016. And about nine states in the US here, they have passed foreign or religious laws that ban religious laws in the American courts, as if the US courts have been ruling with religious law. So we have some of the naive non-Muslims who go and think about Sharia when they hear the word Sharia, they think it's about cutting hands. They think it's about killing. They think it's about jihad or stoning the adulterers or whatever they hear. The same way that we have naive Muslims who think about democracy and kibbutz democracy is about the freedom of selecting a ruler, your choice to select a ruler or a parliament. Two equivalent things. People who think Sharia is very bad because of what they see from certain implementation. And at the same time, we have also 
who look people who would be looking at Sharia, and Sharia is the way of life for us, the Muslims. And then we have some Muslims who will be looking at the way of life of the West, which is democracy, and saying, yes, this is the best thing because it gives us the uh, ability of choosing a president, ability to choose a parliament, ability to give us a choice so we have a say on how we are ruled. This is wrong, and this is wrong. This is wrong because they don't know what the Sharia is. This is wrong because they don't know what capitalism and what democracy means. They don't understand that it is a separation of religion and state. God has nothing to do with the way we live our life. So those are naive Muslims who go and think that this is what democracy provides. It provides for them the ability just to choose a parliament or the ability to have representation. Yes, in democracy, you can select a ruler. But it's very small percentage. And anyone who studies democracy, they will know that it's a very small percentage of the people that they rule. It's the ones who have the money. And that's where the marriage, let me call it marriage, between capitalism and democracy. You have the people who are very rich, who are ruling with democracy. They are ruling the ones who are, which is a deep state. Those, those are the ones who rule with their own rules that they like. And that's why the constitution and the rules are being changing over time and over time, over time to meet the needs and the desires of the ones who are rich, these deep state, the ones who have the money, the one who have the control. So yes, that's, that's, that's how democracy works. And some people might look at it, yes, okay, it's giving you the ability to go and choose a president, to choose a parliament. At the same time, it's giving you a way to go and prosper. You work, you will be rewarded. But when you look at capitalism, which is again, it's a way of life, in the how it led the world, look at capitalism in, the, in Africa. What did it do for Africa? From a rich resource country to the people that are not able to go and actually have food. Their resources have been taken away from them, serving the ones who are rich in the Western world. Look at the Asian countries. It's the same thing. So yes, there are good things when you see good things from a human perspective when it comes to applying a way of life, which is capitalism, which is their sharia, which is their way of life. There are good things for them. But there are bad things to the humanity. Look at the Muslim world, what happened to it from the implementation of capitalism. Look at whole Africa. Look at the Asian countries. Look what's going on. Look at the, even the Western countries themselves, look at their society. What's going on with the society? What's happening in the society? Poverty. Family is gone. So these are the fruits of capitalism, which is their sharia, their way of life.
And yes, switching to the Sharia and Islam, yes, in Islam, there, is, there are rules for cutting the hand. There are rules for jihad. There are rules for stoning adult, adulterers. But is this, is this, these rules, all of them, the Sharia, or the Sharia is something else? So we will be going through what's the Sharia? What are the sources of Sharia? What are the objectives of the Sharia? How Sharia can be manifested? Is Sharia implemented now? Is Sharia a way to backwardness or it's a way forward? That's the question that we want to answer at the end. So when it comes to the definition of a Sharia, the term Sharia in Arabic which has a linguistic meaning, and it also has an astilahi, which is conventional meaning. And there is also the Islamic shari'i meaning for the sharia. So in linguistic meaning, the sharia literally means the running water that people come to drink from and use. So there is running water. It's always running, has enough for the people all the time to come and drink from it. And the path that leads to this Sharia, the path that leads to this Sharia is called in Arabic, linguistically it's called Shara. Shara. So the path that leads the people go on and drink from this water, this is called Shara. And the Sharia is the running water. And this water is endless. It's running endless. So people can come and take from it to drink. The conventional meaning of the Sharia is the set of rules and regulations that define the way people organize their life affairs, which is a way of life, the rules, the constitution that you live by. And from an Islamic perspective, an Islamic definition, it's the set of rules and regulations emanating from the Islamic aqidah, underline that, and derived from the Islamic sources that define the way people worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to organize their life affairs and achieve the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's the sharia from an Islamic perspective. It's the rules and regulations emanating from the Islamic aqidah. And the Islamic aqidah is, is the belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, believe in the prophets, the believe in the book, the believe in the hereafter, the Islamic aqidah. So the Sharia emanates from it, means that all its bases are coming from this Aqidah. And derived, so this Sharia, which is the rules and regulations, is derived from the Islamic sources. Derived from the Islamic sources. And these rules and regulations, we use them, we use them in our life to conduct our life, to live, to live, to live our life. So we resolve issues. We do business based on these rules, based on these regulations. We build a family based on these rules and regulations. We build a society based on these rules and regulations. We build a state based on these rules and regulations. We bring to mankind rahmah, mercy, based on these rules and regulations. When Allah addressed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said بعد Indeed we have sent you as mercy to mankind. This mercy, this mercy is not just the personal, the body of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
If that mercy was the body of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away 1400 some years ago. It's this mercy, is this deen, this Quran, this way of life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was talking about. That when you implement this sharia, when you implement this sharia, when you implement these rules, when you implement these ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is what a humanity will get, will have the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People will be merciful to each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have mercy on them. People will be dealing with each other, with each other as humans. Not upper class and lower class. Not the 1% or the 99%. They will be looking at them as humans the way that it should be. So now we talked about the definition of the Sharia. And we said the Sharia rules are derived from the Shari'i resources. So what are these Shari'i resources? The Shari'i resources for the Sharia are the Quran, the Sunnah, Ijma'u Sahaba and Qiyas. So it's the Quran, whatever revealed from the Quran in terms of Ahkam. The life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the ahadith, whether it's the, the qawl, the, the, the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the actions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and anything that, he, anything that he accepts, even he did not say it or act on it, anything that he accepts. Qawl wa fi'l wa taqreer, that's what the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then ijma'u sahaba which is the consensus of the Sahab of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then Qiyas, analogy. And all, all of these sources, they are all of these four sources, they are sources of the Hukum Shari. The Quran, because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the Quran said, وَنَحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ And rule among them what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has revealed. The Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam brought this message, and he doesn't, وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى and he doesn't speak out of his whims. So it's a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Whatever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has commanded you to do, then do it. Whatever he has prohibited you to do, then don't do it. This is a source. Again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to go and follow it. إِجْمَاعُ sahaba Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says about the Sahaba that he's pleased with them. So he's pleased with the Sahaba. I'm giving you the deleets and the proofs for these, the sources of ahkam. Because when we talk about the sharia, the sources of the ahkam of the sharia has to be qat'i. Has to be qat'i. There should not be dhanni in the sources of ahkam. In those sources. Al-Qiyas, analogy, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught the sahaba, radiyallahu anh, to use analogy. And there are many ahadith and that, that, been extracted from that. So it's the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told them. I don't remember the exact hadith, but I can bring it. There are many hadith that talk about the analogy where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was telling them, telling the Sahaba and teaching them, compare this with this, you will get that's the, the same hukum. So there are many hadith. That's why these four, four sources of the hukum shari'i, they are from the aqidah. So there is no doubt. All the fuqaha and the usuliyun, they agree on these four resources of the hukum shari. There are other sources that the fuqaha disagreed and some of them disagreed completely and rejected. I will not get 
into them because that's not the topic for today. So these are the sources of the Sharia. So what's the objective of the Sharia? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned, said to the Prophet sallallahu We have explained it. So an objective of the Sharia comes from when a Sharia is implemented, what will be the outcome? When a Sharia and the laws and regulations of Islam, the Sharia of Islam is implemented, what will be the outcome? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, rahmatan There will be mercy to mankind. In another ayah in Surah Ibrahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us by saying, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام راء كتاب أنزلناه إليك لتخرج الناس من الظلمات إلى النور بإذن ربهم إلى صراط العزيز الحميد This is a book that we have revealed for you so you can take people out of darknesses إلى, 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 إلى النور to the light with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is also putting a goal. And remember, when we talk about goal of Sharia, the Sharia is the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's, it is goal. Its goal has to be determined by the one who had set these ahkam, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah is the legislator. Allah will say, when you apply these rules, this is what will be the ahkam. Me as a human, the ulama, the scholars, they will not be able to come and say, this is what Allah subhanahu this is the intention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he made this rule. Because the intention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no one knows it but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No human knows it. So when it comes to the objectives, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran an objective, we'll take it, this is an objective. That's mercy to mankind is one. Taking people out from darknesses to the light of Islam by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one objective that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. In another ayah, Allah says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ We reveal from the Quran in which wherever there is a cure and mercy to the believers. Cure and mercy. When you implement this book, when you implement this ahkam, when you implement this way of life, then for the mu'mineen, there will be cure and mercy. This is determined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is, when you go and implement the sharia, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, there are certain goals that you will achieve. And above all of them is accomplishing our goal in life. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ when this Sharia is implemented, when this way of life is implemented, when the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are implemented, then we have achieved our goal in life as slaves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ubudiyya to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be achieved. Now to the next point, how the Sharia can be manifested. Is there, uh, is, is Sharia implemented nowadays? There are some parts here and there of the Sharia that are implemented when it comes to the ahkam of marriage, when it comes to the ahkam of inheritance. And the bad news is all of these, which is a small part of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is also under attack now in the Muslim lands in order to create, you know, men and women are equal, women rights, 
CEDAW, just go and uh, go and search for the CEDAW, which is uh, United Nations uh, uh, Women Rights Movement that's supported by the United States, where women are equal and they support the money that's given to the Muslim to the Muslim to the to the countries to the governments in the Muslim land is conditional that they have to go and work with this agreements and change laws. Pakistan is one which was just two years or three years ago when the United States, they were discussing the budget and they said that they're going to put, I don't know, but 10, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember the exact number in millions. And out of it was 10% of it has to go to the women rights movements and has to go to the LGBTQ movements, conditional by the donor. Same thing in Jordan. They give them the money. It's conditioned that you have to go and follow this path. So even what was left from the Sharia, what was just adapted from the Sharia, even it's now under attack by the governments and the one who are supporting these governments. Saudi Arabia, I don't want to go and talk about Saudi Arabia. Now everybody knows what Saudi Arabia is. Uh, Iran, everybody knows what Iran is, with all what's doing in, in, in Syria and, and, uh, and in Lebanon and all of that. So there is no country that's implementing the Sharia. Okay, what about the, the uh, what Muslim countries? These are Muslims who are living there. If you look at the constitutions, which is the way of life in these countries, you will find these constitutions are based on either British law, British Constitution, French Constitution, Belgium Constitution, whatever constitutions other than the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Other than the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a mix of all of that. So the Sharia now, which we talk about, about it, which is the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's not implemented. So how can be manifested? A Sharia is rules and regulations. It's legislation. And these rules and legislations have to be implemented on the people. They have to be adopted. They have to be applied. So you need to have an authority that adapts the Sharia completely in order to go and implement it. That authority in Islam is called the Islamic State or the Khilafah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Mecca, in Mecca, he did not implement any of the Ahkam al-Shari'a because not many were revealed. They were revealed Salah, Ahkam al-Salah, but not many. There was revealed the ahkam of how to invite people to Islam, how to discuss with Quraysh. There is the ahkam that was revealed. But the Prophet ﷺ had no authority in going and implementing it. The Prophet ﷺ had no authority in Mecca to go and force people to pray. It's up to the Sahaba to go and pray on their own. If la Allah, someone misses the salah, the Prophet ﷺ did not know he cannot go and force him. While when a state is established and the command to go and establish the salah, then there is mechanism for that in Islam to make sure that the people pray and make sure that the one who does not pray is dealt with correctly according to the shara of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who doesn't pay the zakah, to deal, there is a mechanism to deal with him in the correct way. The one who steals, there is a mechanism to deal with him in that way. There is an authority that goes and implements these ahkam, that authority is the state that the Prophet ﷺ established in Al-Madinah. 
And when he established it in Al-Madinah, he started implementing these rules and ahkam of Islam, which is the Sharia, which is what we call the Sharia, which is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called the Sharia. Start implementing it. So there is no way to implement Sharia because we're not talking about one part of Sharia. Do you believe in part of the book and disbelieve in the other part? The whole Islam, this is the shara of Islam, all of it is taken completely. Our deen is complete now. It's complete. So the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be implemented in its entirety. Completely. And to implement that, you need a state that adapts the sharia as the source of the ahkam, as the ahkam that has to be implemented. Without that, you will be selective. Yeah, this is good, let me take it. You know, uh, prohibiting riba or zero interest is good, I will, I, will, I will take that and implement it. You know, Islamic banking, with all, the, with all what the Islamic banking these days means, which I don't agree with it, yeah, it's, it has an Islamic banking, there is low interest, there is this, that. Okay, it's good, let's go and take it. Let's go and take it. So taking peace here, peace here, peace here, and putting it into a secular democratic system, it doesn't help. This is not the Sharia. This is not the Sharia. Now, the Sharia was implemented from the time that the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Al Medina until the destruction of the Khilafah in the last years of the Uthmani Khilafah. It was implemented. So, with that, how did the, did the Sharia dealt with, let's take for example, Ahl al-Dhimma, Christians, Jews, how did it deal with them? Did it call them minority? Or the Sharia said, according to what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man adha dhimmiyan faqad adhani. Or the Sharia dealt with them the way that the Prophet ﷺ commanded us and he said, whoever hurts them me, as if he hurted me, and whoever dares to hurt the Prophet ﷺ. So the Sharia, when it was implemented, the Dhimmis, the Christian and the Jews, they actually had their best life under any other system. The best life was under Islam. And their historians, they go and witness for that. They witness it and they speak about it. But there are other historians who are actually hate Islam. So they go and take certain incidents and they make it, this is the default. This is how Islam goes and deals with that. Economic prosperity. When the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was implemented, the Muslim world with all its citizens, Muslims and Dhimmis, they were enjoying a very good life in this dunya. At the time of Umar bin Abdul Aziz, and you all know the story, at the time of Umar bin Abdul Aziz, the zakah, there was no needy, no one who was in need of the zakah to go and pay it. Was that because Umar bin Abdul Aziz He's just Umar bin Abdul Aziz, who's just, or because he was implementing the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was implementing this sharia, and this sharia produced 
The Sharia produced. People were feeling secure. We're talking about the people where Sharia implemented on them. We're talking about the Islamic State. We're talking about when Islam was implemented on the people. People lived a very good life. People understood their objective in life. The family life was very strong. The family relationship were very strong. Cheating and stealing. All that stuff. It was very low. Because we're humans. Humans do mistakes. And this why, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put this hudud. That the people talk about it. The barbaric sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put this hudud. For what? As deterrent. When someone steals and after he's been taken to the court and it's been established that he has stolen because he is not hungry and he was not starving, which is a darura for him, where he has to go and eat. If it was established that he stole and he wasn't hungry, then cutting his hand in the public. So everyone will see. It's a deterrent. Fahisha, the zina, committing the zina after establishing the fact with the witnesses, which is very difficult in Islam. After establishing that, there is a had for it. Again, that's a deterrent. So, the, was there stealing in the Muslim in the Islamic state? Yes. Was there zina committed? Yes. But was it ten percent? Was it 20%? Was it 1%? It was very low. Because of this hudud that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has implemented. Killing. Look at the societies here. Or even the Muslim land these days. Anyone just holds a gun and starts shooting. He's driving a car shooting and then 5, 10, 20 people get killed. For no reason. Did that happen in Islamic State? Did that happen... Where someone just out of nowhere coming and start shooting and killing people and becoming the norm. On a weekend you will have 80, well, I don't know how many number of people killed in Chicago. 10, 12, just in a, in a, in a city. And, this is, and then if you count the number in the whole world, how many? While in Islam there is a qasas. And indeed in qasas there is life for you. When someone kills unintentional, intentional, then his life has to be taken. That's a deterrent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's best for us and he knows how we, how we think and he knows how we act. So these ahkam, this is the shara of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected for us so we can have a good life. Mercy, cutting hand is a mercy. Because it's a deterrent for anyone who comes and thinks to go and steal while his stomach is full. Committing zina. All of that, that's deterrent. These are deterrents for a good society that fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are the hudud that implemented. But is all the sharia about hudud? No. How do I run business? It's part of the Sharia. The types of companies in Islam that you can do. There is no stock market in Islam. There is no capitalist company in Islam. There are 
go back, go to the books of fuqh and talk and read the companies that can be implemented in Islam, the types of companies that be implemented in Islam that will protect your money, protect your work, and will have a goal in order to employ the people in the society, not in order to suck their resources. Ahkam of zakah, is it just to rip the rich people of their money? No. It's ubudiyya to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them this money, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked them in return 2.4% as ubudiyya to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And imagine now with the 2.5% that you have from the rich Muslim people, that will feed all the poor people on the Muslim land. This is the mercy that you have from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you implement the sharia. The marriage life, the social life, the political life, the foreign affairs of the Islamic State. When the shara, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes and states that the foreign relationship between the Islamic State and others is the spread of Islam, al-da'wah al-Islam. That's the relationship. How you go and manage that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that in the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and through the life of the Sahaba. They showed us how to do that. They showed us how to do that. People fear the word jihad. They think that jihad is just killing. Yalla, find someone and kill him. And that's it. If he doesn't become a Muslim, then kill him and execute him and khalas. Jihad is the foreign policy of the state. But jihad has steps. You invite people to Islam first. You have to have a state first. You have to have a state that implements the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and adapts the aqidah and adapts the Islamic way of life as its constitution. Then there will be jihad. And the jihad is what? Prophet ﷺ again did not leave that to us to go and define it. He did not leave it to me and to, to the scholars or whatever to go and define it. The Prophet ﷺ did that. Go and invite them to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Invite them, meaning not just hey, become a Muslim. Explain to them what Islam is. Show them what Islam is. Tell them about how Muslims and non-Muslims are living in your state. Show them that. Show them real examples. That's first step. After you answer all their questions and they do not want to become Muslims, then ask them to pay jizya and be ruled by Islam. And if they pay jizya, then they will be ruled by Islam and they will stay on their deen. No one is going to bother them and force them to become Muslims. Because that goes against the Sharia, which people are afraid of Sharia because they think it's just killing. No, the Sharia comes and protects you from someone forcing you to become a Muslim. It protects you. La ikraha fi deen. Anyone who is forced to be a Muslim, the one who forced him, he is sinful in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the Sharia. This is the Sharia that we're talking about. And if they don't pay the jizya, then fight them. Fight them not to, you know, finish the whole country. 
Fight the army that's in front of you. Remove that obstacle. So the qital is there to remove the obstacle. So they open the barriers, remove the barriers between the Muslims and the non-Muslims so Muslims can deliver the message of Islam. So it's all about delivery of Islam and inviting people to Islam. So this is the Sharia that we're talking about. And it did, indeed it delivered. Scientific, from a scientific perspective, from medical progress, look how much the Muslim, the, the Muslim civilization when Islam was implemented. Look how much progress was done in math, in science, in medicine. They put, they put the basis for all the technology that you see now. That's the Sharia. That's an outcome, outcome of implementing the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's an outcome of the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's look at the outcome of implementing the Sharia of capitalism and democracy. Poverty everywhere. Family ties almost to zero. Women has been used as just sex object. Nothing else. Resources of countries have been taken and just to belong to the 1% and the rich people. That's an implementation of a Sharia. But which Sharia? The Sharia of other than the Sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The way of life that's other than the way of life that Allah, the way Allah's way of life. Because Sharia is the rules and regulations. Islam has rules and regulations. Democracy has rules and regulations. The same way that communism had rules and regulations and it's gone. Democracy had rules, has rules and regulations. And what's the fruits of capitalism? What's the fruits of implementing capitalism on people? We are living it and we are seeing it. The first thing they label you, a Muslim, or someone who doesn't belong to that country is you are a minority. You're nothing. It went against the human nature. That's an outcome. Human out against the human nature. Homosexuality and everything. That's against the human nature. Against the fitra that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us with. Went against it. That's an outcome of a system. So when you talk about the Sharia, is it backward? Is it going to take us backward? Look who's taken us backward to the level of animals. Who's taken us backwards where the people of Africa who have the resources that can make them the richest people in the world, they are the poorest in the world. Who's taken us backwards when you look at a woman she just been used for what? For advertisement. For sex purposes only. That's an outcome of a system that's implemented. Is this moving forward? Is this a way forward? Or the way forward is the Sharia where you had mercy. Mercy to all people. Mercy to the non, to the, to the dhimmis. They don't have the label minority. They are called dhimmis, dhimmi. Protected 
They don't have to be part of the Muslim army. They don't have to go and fight in the Muslim army. They don't have to. They were the richest, the Christians and the Jews. They were some of the richest people in the Islamic history. This is the outcome of the Sharia. It put the basis for all kinds of development that we see now. But we as Muslims, when we moved away from that Sharia, when we left that Sharia, when we left it and we moved away from it, that Sharia told us what's going to happen to us. The one who moves away from my dhikr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, in this, in our Sharia, He says, the one who moves away from my Sharia, from my way of life, because that's a dhikr. What's, a, what's going away from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I don't say subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha wa akbar. Is that the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he wants us to do? That's easy. If that's it, that's easy. You can sit and just be saying subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha wa akbar and keep repeating it. Every hour, repeat it uh, 30 times, 60 times. Is that what's going to bring the mercy to mankind? Is that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually wanted from me? Or he wanted from me delivering this Islam to the people, delivering this Islam to mankind. So we, the Muslims, when we abandoned the Sharia, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us, you got to have a tough life. You will have a tough life in the dunya. And in the hereafter, you will have a tough life too. You will have a tough life too in the hereafter. Because this sharia that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself sent to you so, you, so you can live your life pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and enjoy this dunya the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, and then please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the akhirah, so you attain his pleasure, and then you will be granted jannah, you abandon that for a man-made law that you can see its results. You can see it's taken the whole world down. The whole world. Taken down. And it's going down and down and getting worse and worse and worse. So sharia, you just by, by, by just by looking into the history when Sharia was implemented and when the other systems were implemented, even before Islam, how the Romans were dealing with the, their own people, how the Persians were dealing with, the, with their own people. Go and read. Islam came and brought them out of these darknesses into the light of Islam and start dealing with them as humans, the way that it pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So yes, Sharia should be the way forward. Implementing the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If people, and people, not just Muslims, if people want to have mercy, wants to deal with, with each other as humans, if they want to know their purpose in life, look into the Sharia, the way of life of Islam. If you look the other way, you're just going with your own desire, which is what we are seeing. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك لا إله إلا أنت. We'll stop here إن شاء الله and take any questions or comments.